The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Amen. Okay. Um, we'll try and go as far as we are able to. Part two is subtitled The End of Judgment. The judgment is simply a decision, a verdict. Something that flows from volition. It could be arbitrary, it could be based on facts, it could be based on evidence, it could be, but it's a decision. And we all are making judgments. We all are making judgment calls. The people that really, truly achieve their destinies are the people that by and large, they make the right judgments. They make the right judgment calls. I pray that you will make the right judgment calls for your life and destiny in Jesus' name. Subconsciously, we are making judgments every time. Consciously, we are making judgments. We are making decisions. We are deciding, oh, this is what I'm going to wear. Oh, this is the route I'm going to take. Oh, this is school I'm going to go. Or this is, this is the course I'm going to um, study. Or this is the person I'm going to marry. Or this is the person I'm not going to marry. Or we are making judgments. Now, the weight of, your, of the judgment is usually directly proportional to the weight of the person making the judgment. So, if you have a child and you get home and your child says to you, your child says, I hereby decree that bedtime is 12 midnight. <laughs> the parents are laughing. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> you know, your child says, in this house, going forward, we will be sl- everybody will be sleeping at 12 midnight. Because I need enough time to play my games. To a parent, you say to the child, you are eating too much indomie. That's the problem. Something is wrong somewhere. <laughs> you know? Or you are just excited. Too much sugar in your system. Too much capricorn. Why would you just discard it and laugh? Because at best, the child is joking. At best. Worst case, I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> no, no, no. What if um, you wake up, you get home today, and your neighbor, your neighbor that you know, you know him, you know, uh, you know, you know, your neighbor says, I hereby declare tomorrow is a public holiday. Would you go to work? You are not respecting the judgment of your neighbor. (laughs) You will go to work because of the cloud of the person speaking.
making the judgment. It is not, it is, it is the, the lawyers who say it's not, it's out of his jurisdiction. He doesn't have the power to do that. But if the president of this nation announces and says, oh, tomorrow is a public holiday. That's closed. You may not like it. You may say this guy is just this and that. We have too many public holidays in this country. You can complain, but you will not go to work. You will save your fuel. Praise God. Now, what if, in this case, it's a legal system. The judge gives a judgment. The judgment will stand. The judgment will stand. Even against the president, it should stand. Yes, it does in other countries. If the customer wants a president, it should come. It should. I know they don't hear. But it will change. In the name of Jesus. And depending on the level of the court, you know, you could appeal. You know, so if it's, if it's, I mean, I don't know how it's, how the tears are, but I know that it can go as high as the Supreme Court, right? Of the land. And the Supreme Court, whatever they decide, is law. Now, we are dealing with a God that is, has addressed himself as a judge. And the clout of God is unparalleled. His court is at the highest. Every court on earth is subject to the court of heaven. There is no case that cannot be overruled there. None. I'm telling you from experience. There is no case that could not, cannot be cancelled there. And when God decrees it, who can annul it? Who can, who can say what doest thou? When God decrees it, it stays, it, it stands. And as, as a Christian, I, I mean, if you, uh, like the quest of a lot of us is that, how can I influence things at that level? How, how do I not just wait, you know, and am I just at the mercy of whatever decision heaven makes? How do I influence things? How do I make sure that the verdict is in my favor? Like Job would say, Job, after all the troubles and trials of Job, and Job had an inkling because he was a spiritual man, that things have been decided on my behalf. In fact, in Job 1, things were decided. There were conversations in heaven, and Job was not aware of. God was boasting about Job. Have you seen my servant Job? Have you? And Satan said, ah, is this serving you for nothing? Oh, do this. And he will, and he will forsake you. 
And all that happened, Job had no clue. Eventually, Job says, says that I wish I had someone that would plead my case in heaven. But guess what? You and I, we have an advocate. His name is Jesus. He lives forever to make intercession for us, to plead our case in heaven. So we are not hopeless. Now, this uh, advocate, this uh, lawyer, as it is called here, is Jesus. And he's shown us how we can participate in the process of turning judgment in our favor. Jesus has shown us how we can turn the hand of judgment to work on our behalf, to work for us. So even if there's something that has been decreed in heaven, he's saying that you can change it. You can change it. This land that we are on, we are not supposed to get it. We are not supposed to get it. I, I think I've shared before. I, I had some of my friends that were prophetic. They said among themselves, because God has shown them that, ah, no, they've assigned the land. They've not they've assigned someone else. But they didn't tell me. But guess what? Because I was, by God's grace, participating spiritually. I saw it. And I told the people around me then, <laughs> I told them, ah, this is why we are having this problem. This assignment has been done. And I said to the person that as God lives, as God lives, we are going to take this land. And in this street today, we are, we are on the land. Death free. Praise God. So, the fact that something has been decreed in heaven, and my friends later told me, of course, that's how I knew that they knew. You know, ah, he got it. Ah, how did that, how did that happen? But this is what we saw. I said, you saw well. I also saw it. <laughs> But prophecies should not seal your destinies. You should wage war with them. You should wage war with them. So we see the one himself that is an advocate is teaching us this is how you participate in, the, in your affairs in heaven. This is how you participate in your affairs in heaven. I will take our reading from Luke chapter 18. Luke 18 from verse 1. Luke 18. It says, One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. How often should they pray? Always pray and Never give up, give up. And the story is to show why and how that should 
be done. And he says, there was a judge. So he likened God the Father as a judge. There was a judge in a certain city. He said, this judge said, oh no, Jesus said, who neither feared God, this judge neither feared God, or cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly. Everybody said repeatedly. Repeatedly, she was going, she was coming. She was going, she was coming. She was going, she was coming. Saying, give me justice. That's all. The word justice there is also interpreted as help me. Help me in this case. Help me in this case. A widow asking for justice and getting justice in the dispute with her enemy. A widow simply means voiceless, means vulnerable, it means no reputation or power. Yet, the widow got justice. Now, so what does that tell us? It tells us that if the widow can get justice, what about you and I that we are blood-bought, cleansed, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus died for you, you have a voice in heaven, you will get justice. So don't give up. Don't give up. The judge ignored her for a while. <laughs> but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me nuts. She's driving me crazy. How is this liking to God? You mean, can we actually wear God out? The answer is yes. Oh, pastor, is that possible? God is all-powerful. Yes, he is. But when it comes to prayer and his children, God actually puts that limitation on himself. Remember Jacob. Jacob wrestled with God. And the Bible says that when God saw that he was not winning, do you understand? God was not winning that fight. He, he, he said, ah, this guy is going to keep me till daybreak. And Jacob says, I will not let you go. Until you bless me. God said in Isaiah that don't give me rest until I answer your prayer. So we can actually put pressure on God when it comes to prayer. Understanding is very powerful spiritually. It says, but this woman is driving me crazy. I am going to see that she gets Justice, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God will see to it that you get justice. I'm going to say that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with a constant request. Constant request. Constant request. Constant. I mean, for some of us, you are going through stuff, you started praying, but you are getting tired. Don't get tired. Constant request. Constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. 
So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him? The, the, the prerequisites who cry out to him. You have to cry out to God. You, your voice has to be heard on high. You have to participate. You have to cry out to God day and night while he will he keep putting them off. I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith. So God is saying to you and I, pray, don't faint. God will not say, don't faint. If fainting was not a possibility. God will not say, don't give up. If he doesn't know that things can be tough. So God knows that things can be tough. God knows that you and I go through difficult situations. He does, but he's saying you should not faint. You should pray and not faint. Now, anyone that is going to be on earth for long enough is going to face challenges. It's going to face challenges. And if I take a poll here and I say that has anyone here never thought of giving up on certain things? There's nothing in your life that you have never thought of. Ah, I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. Let me see your hands up. No hand. You see, my own hands still are down. <laughs> because things can be tough. And God is saying, I understand things can be tough. But I'm saying to you, don't give up. Not just don't give up. Keep praying. Keep praying. And, you know, I'm going to show you a couple of things, like four things that, you know, we need to keep in our minds that will help us not to give up. They're like big picture things that we need to keep in our minds that will help us to keep pushing, that will help us to keep praying because God will answer you speedily in the name of Jesus. The first is this. So pastor, the big picture things that I need to keep in my mind consistently so that I don't get weary is that God sees, God knows, and God rewards. God sees. God knows and God rewards. Well, you know, God sees me. God knows my pain. He knows what I'm going through. And he is a rewarder. God will reward my sacrifice. You are encouraged not to give up. Jeremiah 29, 11 says to us, Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, for I know, I know the plans I have for you, says the eternal Plans for peace, not evil, to give you a future and hope. Then he says what? Never forget that. Never 
forget. Never forget that God has a plan for you. And it's a plan of peace. It's not a plan of evil. So when you understand that God sees, God knows, and God rewards, you are encouraged not to give up. Because your reward will come in the name of Jesus. And, and because of, 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 the, of this, of number one, God sees, God knows, God rewards. We, we know definitely that all things work together for good. For those that love God and are called according to his purpose. All things are working for your good. All things, Romans 8, 28. All things, all things. For we know that God causes, God causes everything to work together for good. Even things that the enemy has brought your way, God will cause it to work for your good. Even things you did to yourself, God will cause it to work for your good. So when we understand that God sees, God knows, God rewards, God causes everything to work together for our good. We can be in a place where we don't give up. Where we are able to keep praying. When we know that the outcome is coming out for our good and we are able to go through the process because we know without a shadow of doubt that the process of pain produces promotion. We know that the process of pain produces promotion. You may be going through pain. It's tough. But the process is going to produce promotion. Everything that the enemy has brought your way for evil, God is going to turn it around for good. Yes, he will. He will. Behind every, um, you know, I was saying at the ATM service that don't, don't I, I, there's something I don't do. I don't, I don't covet other people's anointing. <laughs> I don't covet other people's grace. Oh, I covet your grace. Why do you want to do that? The reason is this. Behind the grace is the pain. Behind the anointing is the process. And everybody has their own path. The grace that you need to fulfill your destiny is not the grace that I need to fulfill mine. No, it's not. By the time you say, oh, I want the anointing of Mr. B, you are Mr. A, I want my anointing of Mr. B, the truth is, can you really, you know, I mean, the disciples of Jesus said to him, two of them brought their mom and said to him, oh, we want to, want to be in this glory, one on your side, one on your right hand, one on your left hand. Jesus said to them, can you drink the cup? Can you drink of the cup? Why? Because there is no crown without a cross. There isn't. And, you know, that's why we would see in 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4, would say to us, for our present troubles are small 
and won't last very long. Yet, they produce, everybody say they produce. Your, your trouble is producing. The pain is producing. Ask a pregnant woman. She may not feel like it, but it is produced. We produce at the end of the day. Praise God. She's uncomfortable. Her stomach is sticking out. But it's going to produce. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs the pain. Vastly outweighs the pain. So we see that the process of pain always produces promotion. There is no promotion without a test. You are going through your test. You are being ignored. Things appear not to be working. Stay the course. Because at the end of it is your promotion. Say, but pastor, it's tough. God will not put upon you more than you can bear. Praise the name of the Lord. I know, I know. I mean, I, I, I said to God also at one time, I, <laughs> probably, I don't know if you have, I was saying that you actually think I can bear this. I actually cannot. <laughs> I don't know why you think I can, but I, I cannot. This is too much for one person, you know. <laughs> but listen, God trusts you more than you trust yourself. So, he trusts you with the pain because he knows the glory that is coming your way. And that is to number four, which is every single problem has an expiry date. Every problem has an expiry date. By the time a problem starts, the date it will pass has been set. The date sometimes is prolonged by people's decisions or shortened also by people's decisions, but there's a set date. If the problem has an expiry date, all you need to do is make sure you don't expire before the problem. If you don't expire before the problem, you'll be fine because the problem will come and go. Everything comes to pass. Everything. So, you don't give up. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. Don't give up. You know, sometimes, I know a couple of people that have been, went through a lot. And in the process of going through a lot, guess what? They developed different health conditions. And when what they're going through expires, they're left with the health condition to manage for the rest of their lives. Someone that I know went through a lot for our children. Now our children are doing good. Three of them are fantastic, doing well, but she's, she has blood pressure that she's just dealing with 
the money of the children goes to our health. The problem will expire. Look, it may look like it's going to last forever. Nothing lasts forever. You know, there's a song. I will need an interpreter because the song is in Europa. So I need someone to interpret it. I interpret it myself. You know? I don't even know the interpretation. Maybe I should sing it. <laughs> I'm trying to think what the interpretation will be. The song says, if you can help me if you do. No, no, I understand that. I can interpret that one. I will overcome trouble. No matter how the storm is, this is the part I can't, I, I can't interpret. It's coming. Wait for it. I know it, but I can't interpret it. Okay, so get an interpreter, interpretation from Pastor K. <laughs> Literally, it means you will not bury the. I don't know how to interpret it to the meaning. You can Okay, if you have money, someone that dies, you will not be buried with the person that died. Something like that. Anyway, the point is this. You may feel, oh, the world has come to an end. It has come to an end. Listen, it has not come to an end. The problem will pass away. But I'm praying that you will not expire before the problem. I'm praying you will not expire with the problem. In the name of Jesus. So people, I mean, diabetic in the problem. In fact, someone I know also, you know, diabetic. Risk of being amputating one of the legs. And guess what? The problem is over today. But the diabetes is, is there. So, why, when you, if you know that the problem will expire, why would you allow yourself to be subject to such battering by the enemy. Why? When God has said to you, don't worry, just pray. Why would you cripple yourself with anxiety and worry? Why would you do that? He says, so how do you do? The, the school fees are due. The schools are, are writing. They are threatening to um, kick your children out. The, the bill is on the table. What should you do? Look at the bill. I say, hmm, talk, talk. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength. 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 Dog. The rent is due. The rent is due. They, they give you the, the bill. You know, you're struggling. Look at this. You have a choice. You can worry yourself sick, or you can say, Dog. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Look, no one has ever paid rent with worry. Anybody? You paid your school fees with worry. You paid rent with worry. Nobody has ever done that before. You will not be the first. It's not going to happen. So there's no point. There's, listen, we are men of like passions. (laughs) 
I've been through a lot. But I'm getting stronger every day. I'm getting fitter. I'm getting sharper spiritually. You know why? Because it, you, you, it is your responsibility to refuse to let the problem get inside you. The problem is outside. Leave it there. Don't bring it inside. Because it destroys when it gets inside. And guess what? When the problem expires, the scar of the destruction remains. So, the onus is on you to understand that every problem has an expiry date. I, Olufemi Munei, will not expire. By the time it's all said and done, the Bible says, haven't done all, stand. It's not haven't done all, sit. Haven't done all, moan. Haven't done all, say, ah, oh, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrows. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's not your sorrow. Give it to the owner. It's not yours. When you have these big pictures, number one, God sees, God knows, God rewards. Number two, all things are Number three, you can, you, can, you, can, you can look at your notes. You can look at your notes. You can look at your notes. It's fine. It's open book. <laughs> the process produces promotion. And number four, it has an expiry date. Ecclesiastes 3. From verse 1 says to us, every activity under heaven for everything that happens in life. There is a season and the right time for everything under heaven. So, what changes seasons is judgment. Judgment. Decisions. Verdicts. Changes seasons. For some of us, I believe for all of us, if you can receive it. The hand of God for judgment in your favor will be released. Yeah. I shared in the eight-time service, so I praying for this service, you know, what God showed me was a um, gavel, the thing that the judges use to say order and give judgment and stuff, you know, and then the expansion of this message and all that stuff. So I'm confident that if you will receive it, judgment will be given in your favor in the name of Jesus. There's also a saying that, they, when, that is um, dropped the gavel. When the gavel is dropped, it means that the judgment has been dropped. And I pray that every judgment against you, against your destiny, will be dropped today in the name of Jesus. By the blood of the Lamb, every handwriting against your destiny will be wiped off in the name of Jesus. Mercy is what makes this happen. Mercy is that thing that stops the hand of judgment. Mercy. 
God will have mercy upon you. Mercy leads to justification. Justification simply means just as if you never sinned. That's what justification means. So when, as you receive God's mercy, you become justified in the name of Jesus. And justification births righteousness because righteousness simply means you are in right standing with God because of God's mercy and justification. You are just as if you never sinned. You are now in right standing with God. And because you are in right standing with God, every statement issued that has been working against you, that you have been struggling with. For some, it is issued, was issued even by um, pastors. For some, it could be by your parents. For some, it could be by the virtue of your friendships. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they are cancelled now. The truth remains that when God shows his mercy, no one can question him. You know, years ago, I was joking though. I said to God, I said that, let's do an experiment. You know, I said, bless me and let's find out who will question you. Yeah. Let's just the experiment to find out who can question you. Bless me in the, in the I mean this mind blowing way. You know? Like I said, I was joking, but you know, but I, I mean it's something that if it happens, nobody can question him. I've not seen the person, have you? Do you know that based on certain people's criteria, you should not be alive. Do you, do you know that? You shouldn't even be alive. You shouldn't be able to pay your fees based on their criteria. You should be feeding off their hands. But God has made sure that did not happen. And that will never happen. In the name of Jesus. And nobody can question him. Nobody can question him. So, the God that we serve uses judgment, decrees to change seasons. And guess what? Jesus is telling us through this story that judgments change seasons and intercession alters judgment in your favor. Intercession alters judgment. Intercession changes judgment. Regardless of what has been preset, what has been said, intercession can change it supplication you going on your on by yourself can change the verdict story of mary jesus john chapter 2 marriage wedding rather in cana of galilee judgment was out the wine is out that was the judgment implications of that the party has flopped. The, the wedding has flopped. That was the implication. But Mary interceded for the couple. They didn't even know that Mary was interceding. I'm praying that God will raise a voice for you in places where you cannot speak for yourself. 
I'm praying that God will raise voices for you in places where you cannot speak for yourself. As, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, as much as I'm grateful to God for the grace to pray, I'm super grateful to God for the people that are praying for me. For you. For you. For you. For you. I hope you are. <laughs> I'm super grateful. Because it's powerful. In Isaiah 38, Ezekiah, the number one prophet in the land, said to Ezekiah, put your house in order. You are going to be with your ancestors. You are going to die. I mean, this was the number one prophet in the land. Isaiah, the son of Amos. For many people, that, that's the death sentence. For many people, they just say, oh, ooh, ah, ooh, until they die. Not Ezekiah. Isaiah finished the prophecy. Thus says the Lord. That was what he said. And turned and left. Ezekiah turned and faced God. And said to God, God, you know how I've served you with integrity of my heart. You know, I've done this for you. I've done that. I am not ready to go. Do you know that God says that if you satisfy us with long life, now, who determines your satisfaction? Whether you are full or not. The person feeding you or the person eating the food. The person eating the food. So until you are satisfied, you should not die. Most Christians that I know that have gone, they actually decide to go. Thunderbirds was very close to me. And a lot of them, once they see heaven like this, it's too late. You know? A lot of them, sometimes what God will do to them, we will show them heaven. I say, okay, choose one. <laughs> and they will say, ah, no, 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 I don't want this earth. Please, take me home. Then they have been satisfied. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know quite a couple that went home like that. God showed them. But Ezekiah said, I'm not ready. Now, your service to God can save you from death. That was the, that's what we saw in the case of Ezekiah. He could, he could confidently say to the God of heaven, you are going to miss me on this side of eternity. And God said, it's true. It's true. Said to Isaiah, stop, go back and tell him 15 more years added, boom, to his life. Because he, he brought a strong case to God. It's so powerful. You know, I mean, I've shared again, I take to himself, you know, saying to God, that, look, Lord, help me, oh, because you don't help me if, I, if I'm in trouble. You don't have many children like me, oh. you know that. Can you say to God that? Can you say that to God? I said to God, 
Do you know that many people are not like serving money? Not many people are serving you the way I'm serving you. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I have precedence in the Bible. Don't look at me like that. And things began to change. I said, you can't, if, if this happens, uh, look, you're going to miss me. And I said some other things I can't say here publicly. The truth is, <laughs> you should be so relevant to God's heart. It's not that, of course, nobody's dispensable. That's not what I'm saying. Nobody's irreplaceable. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that God, as much as nobody's indispensable, God needs all of us and loves all of us and enjoys all of us individually. You must have that individual, God must have that individual enjoyment of your life while on earth so that you can call upon it if you need to call upon it and it will speak for you. So the fact that some prophet said something, prophecies are not sentences. You have to wage war with them. The one you don't accept, you cancel it. You don't accept it. There are things, I shared you about the land earlier on. There are things that have been said. Look at the story of um, Joseph. Joseph saw the moon, the sun, and the level stars bow to him. True? What did Jacob say? Jacob said, will I also bow to you? <laughs> Jacob edited that out of the... Jacob was the only person that didn't bow to Joseph. He changed it. You're my son, I won't bow to you. Everybody else did. Check scriptures. He didn't. Not because he was arrogant, or but because he was like, no, I don't accept this. You will fulfill every other thing, but this one will not happen. Many people feel helpless. Particularly when they feel something has come authentically from God. I'm here to say to you, that God doesn't even expect that you feel like that. God, many times, the child of God, there's a statement against you. Many times God is waiting and looking and, and stalling and saying, will he come? Will she come? Will there be somebody that will plead this case or that will plead that case, like the case of um, Job, Ezekiel um, 22. Ezekiel 22. God would say in Ezekiel 22 that Verse 30, I looked for someone who might rebuild the world. Now listen to this. Of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone. God was looking for someone to stand in the gap so that I would not destroy the land. But I found none. So even when there's a negative pronouncement, heaven is waiting for you to come and plead your case and change it. Hallelujah. Even if that pronouncement has been settled, it's from God. God is saying, I'm waiting for you to come and plead your case and change it. You see, the power of intercession is such that, listen, regardless
regardless of whatever is being decreed by man, you can go to the courts of heaven and change it. You can change it. I can tell you stories and stories and stories of my life. I told you an old one of the land. They are very fresh ones, I can't tell you, because they are so fresh. But I changed them. And they remain changed. In the name of Jesus. That's how it is. But they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. You can't have God that loves you so much. Jesus that died for you. And you will be at, me- at the mercy of whatever system. You can't. You can't. It's, a, it's an indictment on your God. So you need to take your case to heaven and say, this is what has been said. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I come as your servant and I cancel it. And it stays canceled. Guess what it says in Isaiah 54? That no weapon that is forged against you that will prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, angels will condemn. Is that what it says? Heaven will condemn. Is that what it says? No. It says you will condemn. And you will condemn. You will condemn. And it says, this is the heritage, uh, birthright, birthright, heritage, the rights of the servants of God. It says, and in case you want to, you want to accuse them, their are righteousnesses of me, says the Lord. In case you have a problem with it, ask me. I'll tell you. I'll tell you some things later on when it's not as fresh. <laughs> you stand and you say, I am the servant of the Most High God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this, I don't accept it. This, I don't accept it. And so shall it be. You know, when it comes to, this teaching is very powerful. It's very, very, it's, 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 um, it's very powerful. I just want to say, if you, if you understand it and you work it, this message, so we need to hear it over, and you know, the word needs to become flesh. You need to hear it over and over and over and over until you know that you know that you know that you know that you know. For some people, you know the time is right. But you just aren't seeing it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, everything that is being held up will be released in Jesus' name. You need to understand and, you know, take advantage of the vigils. We are going to begin to have vigils from tomorrow. 
changing things, speaking things. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, vigils, vigils, praying, praying, praying. On Sunday, boom, God will do it again. The hand of God unleashed on your behalf. Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God, to walk with him, to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. So we show up by faith. We show up by faith. We show up by faith. In verse 3 of, of Luke 18, the word of God says that a widow of the city came to him repeatedly. Repeatedly. Repeatedly saying the same thing. Same things. Same things. Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. Same things. Same prayer point. Nothing has changed. She comes back again. Give me justice. Help me. Help me. The good news translation says, and there was a widow in the same city, same town, who kept coming. Everyone say, kept coming. She kept coming. She kept coming. She kept knocking. She kept coming. And pleading for her rights, saying, help me. That was all she said. Help me. Help me against my opponents. Help me. It's called the principle of continual coming. The principle of continual coming. It is possible that you show up and you show up and you show up and you show up and the wall will break. The barrier will crack. You know, some educated people will say, okay, why, why do you say, why do you repeat your prayers? Why do you say you have asked God? You ask God something. Chum, you know, <laughs> this is something that I've said to me several times. Different people. That's what they know. You just ask God something. Of course, it's a place for prayer of faith. People have abused me before that. When I pray, when I pray for people, I don't sweat, I don't shout, I don't. I just pray a simple prayer and I'm gone. Say, what kind of pastor are you? You know, other pastors are sweating here. You know pray. <laughs> I said, I sweat my own sweat in the closet. Uh, so I can pray simple prayer in the public. Of course, you choose where you pray your extended prayer. Anyhow, why do you repeat what you have asked God for? Why? Why? Now, if you check scriptures, Daniel, from the first time Daniel prayed, heaven heard. God heard, that was what Gabriel said. But there was resistance. So Daniel stayed in that place of prayer. Day one, day two, day three, day four, until the 21st day. And he got a breakthrough. And he Angel said, it was the first day it was answered. But it was in that. Why should you continue to pray? 
Because of hindrances, you need to break through and you will break through hindrances in the name of Jesus. You need to break through. God himself said, give me no rest until you see what you want. Give me no rest until you see what you want. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. Jesus had Gethsemane. Pray the same prayer three times. One hour each. Three times. One hour each. Three times. What was it? Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass over me. Nevertheless, not my will. Let your will be done. For one hour. That was all he was praying. Came out. Went back. Father, if it's your will, for another hour. That was all he was praying. You must not get tired. If you don't get tired of your prayer, everyone is not tired of your prayers. So you must not get tired of your prayers. The third time, the same thing. Father. So why did this woman pray over and over and over? Why did she ask over and over and over? Why? The answer is this. The widow kept asking, not because the judge hadn't heard, but because the judge hadn't acted. You have to keep asking until the judge acts. She didn't, she didn't, it wasn't because she knew he heard. That's why she kept coming back. You heard me, sir. Please help me. Lord, you help me. So, God is not Deaf, he can hear. We know he has heard us. But we will come back and ask him until we see that which we are asking. Praise the name of the Lord. So, in essence, what I'm saying is this. We will keep coming to God. Not because he hasn't heard, but because we will not relent until we receive what we are asking for. How many, how many people, are in, you, you are with me on this? Let me see your hands up. You are with me on this? Okay, praise God. That's the whole church. We will keep coming. Not because he hasn't heard, but because we will not relent until we receive what we are asking for. When your enemies are tired, you are still praying. Let their ways be dark and slippery. Let the angel of the Lord chase them. Look, they are tired. They will just be receiving bullets. What's going on? Because you will not stop praying. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you have, you are in a season. I heard Pastor K saying, oh, if you are not fasting, you know, this is the time to join. Uh. <laughs> okay, please join. <laughs> <laughs> if they are still cajoling us to fast you know I've shared what my grandmother would say my grandmother would say that fast so that you will not have to fast pray so that you will not have to pray because whichever way you will pray whichever way you will fast is it that you are doing it proactively like us? Are you, getting, you are on the front foot? Or you are on the back foot? 
You choose the one you want. You choose it. It's only Christians that leave what they have to flirt with what the world has. And we really cannot do what the world can do the way the world can do it. We can't. We can't. Share the story of a some guy resigned from a Fortune 500 company. He wanted to be governor of one of the states in Nigeria. Well spoken. He did PowerPoint presentation. 10 point agenda how he can turn the state around. The elders were just looking at him. When he finished, they asked him one question. And my guys are sweating. And the question is, he said, in other words, can you kill a human being? If it comes to it, can you behead someone? The guy was sweating. We want to turn the state around, sir. <laughs> that is not the question. We can't do what they can do. But it is foolishness to abandon what we can do that is effectively more powerful than whatever they can do to try and mimic what they can do. It's only the Christian that will abandon prayer, fasting, giving, sacrifice, tithing, and say that, oh, I won't. Meanwhile, can you do what the world is doing to get money. You know, if you had a devotion one of a few weeks ago, we were talking about ladies that eat poop for money. They don't just prostitute themselves. They do the fetish of eating the poop of the person they slept with and they get a lot of money. Can you eat poop? No. I've asked that for you. <laughs> God is in you. The one you can do, get up and do it. Get up and do it. You can fast, you can pray, you can sacrifice. I remember someone trying to say to me, Oh, not to pay first fruits. I'm the pastor, I pay first fruits. And I've said to the person that, have you ever prayed for food before in your life? Say no. Uh -uh. You have never prayed it before. Me that have paid it. God gave me a house in America. I paid my first one. I shared this testimony with us. I didn't pay any mortgage. I struggled to pay it, but the day I paid it, I've told you the story before. I won't bother because of time. And you have never paid for it. You are trying to convince me not to pay for God punish you. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that. That is my own joker. You don't understand. I can't do what you are doing. Let me do what I'm doing. Why is it so important to you what I'm doing? Is it your money? 
I'm eating the orange. And you're telling me the orange is not sweet. Is it your orange? <laughs> okay, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> Blessed is he. And on and on. The things I can do, I will do. I mean, you know, uh, something that, you know, maybe I don't know if I maybe talk about it, but maybe later on. You know, just recently, you know. Something that should have taken forever. Not forever, but a long time. You know? <laughs> I needed it. And I know what to do. Go into the closet. <laughs> Praying, sweating. Come out. Take fresh air. Go back in the closet. Pray, sweat, come out. It was released. Supernatural speed. One of my friends that did this all way before me <laughs> came to me and said, ah, oh boy, how, how did you take do your own? Jesus said, some things can only move by prayer and fasting. There was a Christian, so I told him that these things, this one is on your knees, though. It's on your knees. He said, Ah, can you pray for me? I said, No, they want to hear your voice in heaven, not my own. If we will do the things that God has, the things that He has entrusted in our hands that we are custodians of, you will be like a city set on high, separated, adorned, beautiful. You have no business not praying. None. Yesterday night, I was. I was, I was praying, I think it was past midnight, I was praying till about 3 a.m., 3.30, 3 a.m., you know. I was, I was where, 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 where I live, I was praying, I was, I lost direction. I didn't know where, I'd taken corners, I didn't even know where I was again. So I was like, ah, where am I? Now, it took me, I got lost, I can't believe I could get lost where I stay, but I got, I did get lost. So I tell you where I was, I said, I was asking to the Lord, that, okay, are you trying to make me get lost <laughs> so that this prayer session will prolong? I said, okay, if that's the case, let me be getting lost. I should have gotten home by one. I got home at three. You can't, you can't delegate it. It's DIY. Now, sharing how I used to think my grandmother was crazy. Every time, prayer. And sometimes, when she started going to um, a certain church, I won't mention the name of the church, but when they are praying, <laughs> you know the church. If you don't know the church, you need to give your life to Jesus. <laughs> you know? I said, what's, what's going on? When she passed on, my mother started praying. She was praying, but not she wasn't praying like my grandmother. But her prayer, like, was 
just went up like my grandmother's own. But again, thank God that my mother is alive. She's passing it on. She didn't have to pass on before we started praying. Praise God. <laughs> what I'm saying is that you need to teach your children to pray. They need to think you are crazy. Even if they do right now, it's okay. But the spirit of God will imprint it in their heart. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. Yeah, you can put your hands together for the Lord if you want to. Let's bow our hearts as we our heads and let's just talk to the Lord. And let's just talk to him about what we have heard. If you're here, you're like, Pastor, I want to have power with God. I want to have that relationship that you spoke about. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. If you are there, I want to pray with you. Pastor, what do I do? Do I come forward? I don't need you to come forward. At least not today. But put your hand up wherever you are and I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. Quickly, if I put up your hand, put up your hand well. Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. That is me. Put up your hand boldly over your head. Over, over, not on. Over, shoot it up. Over your head. God bless you. Over your head. God bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We, we can never thank you enough. We give you praise and glory, Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord. We, we pray that this word of yours will change our lives completely. Empower us to pray as we ought to pray. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord, for his kindness, his mercies, his compassion over us.